Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pixels and Ink, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there, Chris, and everyone, apparently. Only Chris. <laughs> Screw the rest only, of us. Only me. Only Zool. Uh, <laughs> Dana Eileen. Dana Speaking of Zool, what up? Hi, I'm here. And Jordan Biordi. It's me. How's everybody doing today? I'm going to say questionable again, like I always do. Feeling the enthusiasm. Yeah, we're not living in the end of days at all, are we? Nope, we not at all. No, I had a, I only almost killed my kids today. It was fine. Hmm. That's progress. It was good. I it's like progress. it. We can hear everything going on on Brendan's PC. So that's cool. I don't know why that's a thing. <laughs> well, that's a thing either. That's we did work. something, we broke it, and I told him not to touch anything that makes a sound because we can hear it. It goes through my headphones, and I don't know why because we are not on well, the same computer. Apparently, so. it's still broken. Yeah, yeah. still broken. Just so you know, oh, if he watches anything oh. weird during the podcast, oh, no I, last minute <laughs> watching trailers. We will, we uh, will know <laughs> the weird stuff that is, yeah. The I don't like I'm not like. Do not like. <laughs> Do not like. Guys, well, our... it's my two month subversary. Sorry, continue. Oh, there you go. Nice <laughs> dedication. Love to see it. Crush it. <laughs> did you did, did you know on the audience that uh, you get a free sub if you have Amazon Prime? You can sub a, a, a Twitch channel for free each month. Nice. Which is well, what food, I do. Nice food for thought. Anyways, uh, our first topic today uh, relates to a few crossovers that were announced this week. Mm -hmm. um, so Smite. The game that's inf in, that's famously about mythological gods and and other real life deities and such uh, has announced a crossover with the metal band Slipknot. You know, because, those you metal know, gods, as Jordan described them as. I I didn't realize they were a uh, deified at this point, but um, yeah. Yeah. Now we but, know. But uh, that wasn't the only one. We also had PUBG crossing over with Evangelion of all things. Uh, you know, so you got your crazy. You got your crazy Japanese anime in there, and uh, that's natural. Fortnite has an Among Us mode. Uh, Final Fantasy VII First Soldier is, is doing a crossover with a weird Japanese band that wears ma uh, wolf helmets. And Marvel what? is constantly what? crossing over with itself. Uh, Final Fantasy VII First Soldier, their their battle royale. Mm -hmm. They announced this week they're doing a crossover with a band called uh, Man with a Mission. I think it's called. Uh, it's like five guys, and they all wear wolf masks all the time. Kind of like Slipknot, actually. It's a it's a, it's a good week for. They're all wolves. rock bands with masks. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, what I, I wanted like to, to think bring up that I inspired this conversation talking to you about Fortnite yesterday, Chris. <laughs> that was part of it. Yeah. When you <laughs> pointed out to me that there was an Among Us mode in Fortnite because I don't stray out of like zero build modes. So that was news to me. <laughs> but, um, Spoiler. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, what I kind of wanted to bring up was the idea have crossovers in games and media just gotten too out of far out of hand these days? Are we just eating our own tails with, with crossovers We're just or... cheap <laughs> just take my money i want to be the pretty skin that's that's all it is um i don't know it's interesting because a lot of these games you they have been pretty serious up to this point like PUBG has been pretty much a serious game they had a few minor things but this is the first time i've seen PUBG really kind of embrace that level of chillness i guess would be the best way to say it where it Do is it. basically <laughs> just selling even Gillian different outfits and stuff in a game that is about surviving to the last man so i don't know i think it's only on even Gill uh, it's only on the mobile version of pubg if i remember correctly actually but that's a that's a, maybe that's the connection to the whole last man standing thing with evangelion yeah. 
that's yeah, I mean end of the universe, you know. So in other I, words, I don't in, know, but it's okay. <laughs> in other words, PUBG really is the human instrumentality project, and exactly uh, yeah. we're all going to turn into weird yellow red ooze. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's just like, it's, it's starting to feel like, yeah, like you said, Dana, it's almost like achievements of, like, of originality, just like we're not really, and sometimes, sometimes, it's, sometimes like crossovers at Marvel, I would say has been doing a good job with their crossovers, um, in most of the movies and shows I mean, these days, but everything crosses over everything. Now I like, like, obviously Fortnite's the game that I play out of any of the ones you mentioned here. Right. Um, and it was fun for me because originally you just could be whatever skins you want and that was cool and they were all different and some you could customize some you should couldn't and then it became a whole like gaming characters movie characters like specific your, your favorite franchises from all over the place and it's cool i can run around in fortnite as i can't even think of someone right now there's so many you know <laughs> um but actually in fortnite i play less of like the named skins than I do from Fortnite skins. Um, there's an icon skin I really like right now. Um, she's pretty cool and is a real person. But uh, other than that, I don't actually play a lot of them. I have a lot of them. I have a lot of the Marvel skins. Um, some were gifted to me. Some I got through the battle pass and stuff like that. I don't normally fork out money for something like that. I did buy um, Psylocke Domino. I think I have Cable just because it was in a set. And like Domino, she's she's my jam. Pasty Battle girl, bright blue Domino. eyes, black hair, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I like the way, the way they come through Battle Pass. I don't necessarily love having to fork out money. Like there's two Spider-Mans in Fortnite. There's two MJs in Fortnite. Mind you, those are technically different people. Um, there's sure, like 17 sure. Batmans. I think there's like 44, oh, 46 Fortnite skins now. Or for Fortnite Batman? Marvel skins. Oh, no, for, okay. Marvel, sorry. <laughs> I missed a word. <laughs> yeah, so um, there's quite a bit going on, you know? But like, do you, do you find that like enriches the game experience for you though? Like, like I said, I actually prefer the more unique skins, the weird ones, as opposed to my favorite characters. But that's just me. If I want to play my favorite character, I'll go play that game, I guess. Except Domino, see? I mostly yeah, just yeah. want them to look cool. I don't necessarily care who they are. Yeah. I think that um, it might be going too far when the, when every single character is in every single game, they lose their specialness. When you have of one character like you have that one crossover in final fantasy or that one crossover in whatever mobile game that makes it unique that makes it an interesting one-time event that you kind of have to be a part of <clears throat> like kingdom hearts was interesting because it was the first time disney characters and final fantasy characters kind of intermingled and that was really interesting mm -hmm. if final fantasy characters are in every game and disney characters are in every game that no longer has that specialness that no longer has that unique charm that makes that something to look into and something to be want to be part of if even gillian characters are in every single game if disney characters are in every single game if marvel characters are in every single game what's the point every character i don't need a spider-man in every it's game saturated at that point yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess that's fair like jordan you play fortnite do you have any of the the fancy skins or are you basic uh, like me 
<laughs> I, I mean, outside of Spider-Man and Carnage that I got with the Battle Pass. Because they came to Battle Pass, right? Yeah, and I'm like on my way to getting Doctor Strange. Um, mm -hmm. No. I mean, I bought the emote that's like the Neo doing the bullet time thing. Um, I guess you could call that a connection. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, like, no, just mainly because like I don't feel the need to get those skins because like what they cost doesn't add anything to the game for me like you know plus I, I think I've always felt it was kind of stupid thematically because it's like you have a game where people are running around as Batman with like you know guns and it just like <laughs> kind of really goes against what his whole character is about even like superman flying around with a stupid yeah. machine gun like spider-man yeah. but then it, yeah, you have the way that it crossed over like spider-man they brought in spider-man's webs uh they brought that in a, believe, true. A, gla a grappler with batman so you do get new items and there's that kind of crossover that can be kind of cool but like it doesn't go away yeah <laughs> yeah the spider webs are still around and yeah that's yeah long over Did daily bugle's still there too um mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I don't think it's like a net negative. Like it doesn't really subtract anything. Like because again, like if you're playing a game you like that really isn't tied to any like one universe. Like yeah, seeing Spider Man show up in like Final Fantasy would be kind of like weird. But like a game like Fortnite, where it's kind of the whole thing. Like there is that kind of like creativity angle to it with the whole yeah. building stuff. Um, where it's just like, hey, like, do you want to run around in this like free to play open shooter where you can play as like your favorite superheroes or some other people? Like, it at that point it doesn't really matter. Um, but like, I don't know. I think personally, you, you guys know me. I've I've stopped caring about a lot of things. Um, so like, this stuff to me just doesn't really like <laughs> so matter bleak. anymore. Like, I don't well, because because it, it, I find it interesting that we didn't bring up the whole uh, Call of Duty Warzone Godzilla versus King Kong thing that's going on right now. I don't Plus, even yeah, know what you're talking I'm, about. It's yeah. it's like yeah, it's, it, it's a whole it's a whole thing right now where they have this mode where like you like you it's because it's like the Warzone thing is like it's it's like a uh, a battle royale, but like during the fight, both Godzilla and King Kong show up on the island to cause like havoc, and you can do stuff like you can actually like. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you can like, like no. you can like actually like like find like things that will, will like direct uh godzilla to like use his like his like nuclear breath to like level half the like island so it's like there's like there's like incentive to actually like get items to kind of like manipulate these characters but like at the same time why not like fun is fun who cares if these guys just show up in a game like <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, at, if at it's point, not it's like, like destroying the game, that's fine. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, why do we need to get so like, why do we need to get so semantic about things that show up in video games? Like, it's like if it's like stuff that breaks the the narrative cohesion, like fine. Like, you're like yeah, like um, Brandon brought up Kingdom Hearts, and I was thinking about that too. But at the same time, when you think about Kingdom Hearts, like the only character, the only Disney characters that ever actually interact with the Final Fantasy characters are Donald and Goofy. The Final Fantasy characters don't ever go to the Disney world. So it's just like Disney and Final Fantasy kind of just I just wanted to say hey for a minute. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, but 
No, 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 I'm saying that they just wanted to kind of say hey to each other. In the oh, they just, well, I thought <laughs> you just want to say hey. I also <laughs> want to say hey. How's it going? But, you good? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, yes, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept that those two things are there, but they're never really like actually interacting with each other. It's just like, hey, what if we just cram these two worlds together and see what happens? Like, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that, you know, that is part of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, but that's but that's the thing. At the same time, it's like on the one hand, it's stupid. But at the at the other, on the other hand, it's like, is it any stupider than anything else that's going on in Fortnite? Um. So here's my question, though: these opinions that we have about Fortnite, Call of Duty, whatever else yeah. you guys mentioned, uh, does that count for things like Super Smash Brothers or Multiverses that's coming out? Those are technically all crossovers. I, no, I, yeah. Firstly, I don't think so, and that's kind of why I was like, you know wondering why it's like we make the case for marvel like oh it's okay like marvel's been doing a great job with it sure but it's like actually yeah, they... marvel has that coming out or is it dc, DC. it's dc Sorry. oh that it's is like... multiverses amazing i'm crushing it today it's like, yeah but like <laughs> but marvel's marvel's only doing it like in a way that works because everything that they're doing like narratively ties into it- itself as a mm-hmm. way to get you to spend money on more movies so it's like you know, getting something like like Smash Bros, and I've said this, you know, multiple times, like Smash Bros works as this like inter, you know, um, medium, like gaming event where like not just Nintendo characters are showing up in a fighting game, but like characters from the like the vast pantheon of video games. Um, and I, I personally, I don't see why that, should, yeah, like why that should um, be like limited to that stuff. Like, like creativity is creativity. If you want to cram a bunch of different characters into one thing and see how they all kind of like mesh together, it, like I said, unless it's a, there's a narrative reason for it and you can write, like a good enough writer can write a reason for these guys to all be there. Um, I don't yeah, see like why not. Smash, Smash was built to be a crossover, right? And like, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of the difference in the, in the way I see it. Cause like the, the Godzilla and Call of Duty thing, like why? Cause that Call of Duty was always supposed to be, you know, this is a realistic like uh, military shooter and everything like that. And now Godzilla's running around. They, that's a cool mechanic they built in where you can direct him around and such, but still why is your chocolate in my peanut butter in this case? Whereas like, yeah, Fortnite, again, I, I used to kind of turn my nose up at Fortnite, but now I'm looking at it and it's actually, it's that, it's that child sandbox whole approach, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's you, you can get away with, throwing spider-man in there and giving him an assault rifle because it's a kid playing with all his toys he's dumped his toy box yeah. out and you know that's i that. mean <laughs> i think i think i might say call of duty jumped the realism shark when they went to space and gave people that's... mechs and parkour um yeah, yeah. so yeah we're we're far past the realism that... point on call of duty now <laughs> much more proof than we, than we needed of it's being yeah. like on its last you know what i mean like, like... So this that's, is kind, that's a kind of off, but on topic. Do you guys feel the same about all the shows that are crossing over right now? Like not necessarily Marvel. That's all in the same universe, but like Riverdale crossed over with that Sabrina, the teenage witch show for a bit. Yeah, but those medical dramas are all cu- crossing over with each other in this, when they're Shonda Rhimes. Uh, like, I mean, I would kind of argue the, the Sabrina Riverdale thing works because they're both part of like the Archie comics thing, and like yeah, canonically, we'll those two things have crossed over before, like in the really. Own, I didn't like, know that. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, it was super weird. Those Archie <laughs> comics were crossing over all the time. And actually, I think the weirdest thing about that is the guy that's the showrunner on Riverdale and Sabrina also wrote the weird uh, Sabrina comics back in the day, so. Oh right, yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Really, that inspired it, yeah. Well, I'll eat my words then. Well, I mean, like, yeah, like and, that, and... that thing is built for it, right? Like, like, yeah. like you said, there's the Archie Comics connection, the 
both being from the same house. And, and like, that kind of yeah. swindles you into it. Like if I play God of War, I don't have to play Fortnite because there's a yep. God of War skin in it. But when you no. watch those shows, like for me, I, I watch Grey's Anatomy and um, Station 19, I think it's called, crosses over with it. I know you're all yeah. thrilled with what I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> I don't watch Station 19 and I don't want to but I'm confused at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> like when, why, who are these people? What's going on? So shows, I think it's a little bit different, but Chris, mm. why did you start playing Fortnite? Um, what got you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forget what the first one was. I think I tried it like a year ago. Um, I forget which, which thing was on the past that brought me in, but Spider-Man. That's yeah, but Star Wars, now. you started getting excited about too. Yeah, yeah, both that brought me back. They get you. Oh, they get you. Yeah, no, yeah. that's and that's the that's the. I don't want to say toxic, but that's the aggressive part of it, right? Like you they get you on these things, and you know, uh, Spider Man, No Way Home, and Into the Spider Verse. You know, those things kind of work because Into the Spider Verse was based on a comic series. Mm -hmm. They did, or they brought all those things together, like all of the universes together, like Spider Ham and like. Spider-Man 2099 mm -hmm. and like every single iteration almost, I think. Um, so they could they could do a movie based on that because they kind of had a source material to work off of. Whereas like when other <laughs> whereas like when other things try to do that multiverse thing, it's kind of like just the let me copy your homework, Marvel, and hope no one really notices that we're just phoning it in to mash people together. Like I did um I did an article on another site that was just compiling all the marvel skins that are in fortnite right now mm -hmm. and like there's some that i didn't even know were marvel at the time and a bunch i forgot about like blade i know yeah, blade is marvel but like blade. totally forgot blade is in the game then you've there's got a bunch Carnage. more coming too with that comic series too so mm -hmm. yeah Starting and then there's the like one. then there's the the real crossover is like cuddle pool so that's the team whatever cuddle guy um that's cuddle pool and and they oh. mix deadpool with you know, there's those kinds of crossovers too. So it's a regular Fortnite skin wearing a Deadpool suit, you know? There's I think, lots. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's like the saturation of it now is why there's fatigue because like as far back as I can think, like this is not a new concept and it's, it's not really just like limited to um, like to uh, like Fortnite and, and even just Marvel, right? I mean, like, like insofar that bringing up something like Marvel versus Capcom was a thing, but you had like Tatsunoko versus Capcom and uh, and like Capcom versus um, SNK. It was, it was SNK, yeah. Like you had, you know, you had uh, you, you like you know taking it back to the whole like kind of comic scene. There was that um, Mortal Kombat versus DC universe thing that happened. Like, so it's not like it's not like these kind of universes like crossing over and lending characters to each other is like a is like a new concept but i think now that like the marketability of it makes it like um so like fatiguing because i think even like what like one of the best games from the 3ds era was project x zone and that game combined mm -hmm. capcom um sega and um uh one more uh other options like it um yeah, and like that, like that game was like so super cool because you had all these different characters like intermingling together. You had like Dante teaming up with um with the uh, the the guy from Darkstalkers, the vampire guy. You had like like Frank West teaming up with um uh, what was her name? Mai. She was a zombie from Darkstalkers, which is hilarious. 
uh, like all these like really great characters combining and like working together. And it made it like they're like they're like, they were like bantering off each other. Like it made it so much fun. It's so interesting. And like, but that was just like again, like it's this massive crossover thing in video games. So it's like I don't know. I I think I'm at a point now personally where like fun is fun, right? Like just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, it definitely is oversaturated. Like on that, I agree for sure. It's just like, yeah, I don't always see the point. Smite, like, why? Slipknot, that's not even on brand. Um, it's not even on brand. Like, it's that's even on why, because now we're talking about it, right? Well, that's yeah, and that's yeah. It's 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 easy to feel kind of ground down by that. It's just like every, like every time we turn around, it's something else crossing over. Like I've enjoyed the Marvel movie and cinematic universe tie-ins and stuff, but even now I'm kind of sitting here going like. It's not building towards anything, right? Like it's it seems like it's this big at... thing that's tying everything together and it's just oh yeah, project sitting yeah. there. Bandai Namco, um, that's what it was. I mean you also have oh. like um what was it? Um what was that game that was basically just uh jump fighters? Is that it? Oh ju- shonen jump, yeah, that game was oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, that game was so good. Well, not 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 the most recent one. There was one on the there was one on the DS that played like Smash Bros, and it was all the Shonen Jump characters like combining, and it was so good. <laughs> and like again, you have the Archie Comics Shonen Jump kind of connection to kind of tie stuff together. Um, yeah. <laughs> but here's here's my question then. Yeah. Okay, Chris, you got sucked into Fortnite with mm. it was either Spider Man or Star Wars. We don't know for sure. A combination. It was both in the what? same past. What other random crap in your life have you bought specific? How dare you leave during this part of the conversation? I was going to include you. <laughs> Brendan left and he's dead to me. But like, what other? <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted. What has drawn you in and made you buy it or play it or watch it just because it ties in with something else you love? Like, we talked about this a little, I think, last week, maybe the week before. My brain is fried. Uh, that if you go to the grocery store, you can find like star Wars bananas or grapes for some reason, which makes no sense whatsoever. And my kids will look at that crap and be like, I want it. I'm like, sure. If you'll eat your grapes. It's the same. It's the same banana, but it's got a sticker on it. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Like I don't. Okay, fine. But I can remember being a kid and being like, I need this. My, my ex-husband, he calls it shovelware. And he always gets so mad when they slap something on something that it shouldn't be. But do you have anything that you've bought specifically because it's branded with something you love or played because it's something you love? I mean, just general merchandise, I guess, right? Like I collect Star Wars stuff. I collect Spider-Man, like certain issues and pops and stuff like that. I guess just general merchandise and being invested in the MCU more because it, ties into things i like right? like when they brought anyway. spider-man into it i was like civil war that's the movie i might have been a little bit on yeah i loved it because they brought spider-man into it and they did it well so i think yeah, that would be mine too is i'm sucked into all the marvel shows and t- and movies and whatever because i like most of them and they all tie in together so like, like there's I, some I, that i, I probably don't know like i, I haven't yet because actually. of that yeah Behind. it was a there's a okay. couple I haven't seen now. Yeah. It was fine. I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. So I had uh, opening night, like the midnight show that's not at midnight anymore. I had tickets for that, but it was the week that uh, Joe went off to Disney. So I ended up with like 14 children at my house. <laughs> so I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. I'm behind. But like the go. first Doctor Strange? Anybody wanted to? No, no, the newest one. Oh, the new I've one. Multiverse, all the yeah. Rest. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More multiverses. I got to, uh, mm-hmm. I got to see that too. Yes. Um, yeah. So what 
our final note for this topic here, what are we going to cross over with? CGM's going to should not have a big hot crossover with what? Uh, Let's brainstorm here. All, all the other gaming like websites are slowly dying. So we're running out of <laughs> I don't know. I write for other gaming websites. Does that the, count? Is the, that a crossover the, now? The Thanos snap really got I, the destructoid and everyone else. <laughs> does this does this count? I write for like a a self help kind of site as well, but CG Magazine is in my bio. <laughs> like that's fine. That's a crossover now. I guess so. There really are everywhere, huh? We're everywhere. Social media headlines. Social media. Like, where, where, where's the Dana Eileen creator uh, series in Fortnite? Oh, God. I'll, I'll be famous someday, guys. When I'm younger. They <laughs> don't want us old folk. Learn how to de-age. Yeah, and not suck at Fortnite. <laughs> I am I trash. mean, those, those skins in that game, that's not what they actually, like, ninja isn't a literal ninja, so, you know. Fair. They, they take artistic liberties. Can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> we see the hat. Actual ninja. Ah, there you where, go. Where is Brendan? I mean, do yeah, you want me to like... tell you? <laughs> no, no, don't. No, maybe we don't have this conversation. No, we don't. Um, yeah. That was awkward. <laughs> well, I won't go to his topic then. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. Want me to yell at him? I don't think it'll help. Um. It'll so. This week, we also got uh, a trailer for the She-Hulk series. Speaking of the next big MCU thing, uh, we got our first look at She-Hulk, which is just a couple months out, and uh, reactions have been divided. I am personally divided. Like, it's not even a, a, like, it's not some people like it, some people hate it. I am personally, inside me, divided over this. Why? Why exactly? Um, so, I'm going to say her name wrong, but Tatiana Masolani, I believe her I'm going to say it wrong. I love her. Um, she was an orphan black. I don't know if you guys have seen that show. If you haven't, haven't actually. go watch it. She played, yeah. I think by the end, it was like 12 to 15 different characters and not in like an Eddie Murphy sort of way, like to the point where a lot of them, you wouldn't even know if you didn't know that that's what was going mm. on. And mm. she was so, so good. That show was amazing. Um, so when I found out that she was going to be She-Hulk, I was happy and sad because I love her and I know how quickly She-Hulk can turn super cheesy. Like something that's going to be half animated, the entire CGI or whatever. Yeah. I knew that there was a big, big, big chance that could go badly. Um, so seeing the the trailer and a little bit of footage, I liken the facial CGI to Casper the ghosts in Casper. That is what I see every time I look at it. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok, like complaining about, you know, the, the PS2 graphics. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But then you look at Hulk in the same trailer and he looks fine. So I don't know if it's just like trying to grasp the femininity or what it is. I mean, you damn bastards in your jaw lines. (laughs) They made the man look good, but the woman looks like shit. Hmm, I wonder I think why. Realistically... She looks like she could crush you, though. <laughs> I wish. I think realistically, it kind of boils down to like two, <laughs> two factors. Um, one, like they have Hulk assets that they can draw from, from like Endgame and, and stuff like that. They've, used, they've animated him fully multiple times. He's evolved in their CGI department, whereas She Hulk mm-hmm. is like totally brand new. But also, She Hulk looks more human than hulk 
ever has, even in his like more yeah. human form. So like then you start running into like uncanny valley things where like we're not gonna connect one to one like we would if it was just Tatiana Maslani. Like I yeah. feel like like this I mean again I I know that there's sort of an over reliance on like CGI stuff and it's typically cheaper to do than like practical effects but like it doesn't seem like that you know far-fetched to me that they couldn't have just like done a really good job with the makeup and some like i mean if they could make tom cruise look taller than like every person he acts beside they could have made (laughs) tatiana look you know like a six foot tall like like have her hit the gym and just become like buff because like that was the one thing about She-Hulk even in the comics like like not you know not to be like critical of like the look or anything but like she was really just more like a like she wasn't like like the Hulk she was just a like buff woman yeah um yeah and it's part it's of her charm, on like, the run too I think yeah sometimes yeah she's a like more buff, sometimes less so. if, if you were just you know if we just like you know got her to the gym and had her like bulk up a little bit and then just painted her green for the shoot and. Like they probably could have done a better job making her look like a more believable Hulk than or She Hulk than um like doing the CGI thing because yeah you're you're gonna run into that uncanny valley stuff when it's like especially when it's like so focused on like her as She Hulk because that's part of her character is that she just stays as She Hulk all the time because she likes to like mm-hmm. yeah I yeah, like, that, like like we if you go into it there's a whole like dating scene and I guess um. I'm going to get it wrong. One of the guys in the scene where she's like going through dates quickly, uh, he's a guy that like pumps his muscles. You guys can't see my arms. This is stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the story behind that, he's a wrestler. Um, I don't know his name because this is a great story, but I guess he was originally actually a lawyer that left law to become a wrestler. So it's like cute little Easter egg there about a guy that's, on She-Hulk, dating, trying to date a lawyer who used to be a lawyer and is now a fighter. A she- She-Hulk. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Well, yeah, and um, like, to kind of come back to like the whole effects versus like practical makeup, like I don't know if they would do that since they have Hulk in at least part of the show, like because yeah. then you're gonna have the Which Hulk CGI and her makeup. Yeah, that I don't makes think sense. Styles, so they they, they kind of got stuck doing the CGI. They needed, but they but it looks completely more. different anyway, though. Like if mm. you go and watch that, his CGI and hers, they I don't know, they were done by different people in different times or something. Yeah, it was much um, different. But I will say, well, I really like that he is in it. Um, yeah, you know, no, sometimes that's... the the big actors, it's just like a quick, oh, that's my cousin. He's in new york and, right now or whatever <laughs> and this is another thing too because i know some people and i've been seeing it a lot on tiktok too where people are doing like you know the ed edward norton hulk and like an abomination like when it used to be good and they're showing this like now it's terrible it's like i don't know why so many people have such a hate on for like professor hulk i think it's the best thing they did to that character like actually make him funny and like like a bit of a dork as Banner, but still being the Hulk. Like, like the whole Hulk smash has very diminishing returns. Like it was funny kind of during Ragnarok when he was acting beside, um, like, I think it was like Chris Hemsworth as Thor and these two kind of like characters who are similar, but like not, you know, totally similar in levels of intelligence, like kind of like bantering. But like, mm-hmm. that's only going to go so far. Having him be like the smart version of the Hulk is 
is a lot funnier and you can do a lot more it's a lot more longevity to the character like things you can do at giving giving hulk mm-hmm. his own like uh like movies or shows you could do and it, it, it really closed its arc out too in endgame like yeah. having him find that balance between the two things so yeah I, I agree with you on that one that was a really good call they made yeah um, and it, it was no, great I in endgame so much so many great scenes with that I want to see Huge them do the Grey Hulk thing. When he, what's, what's his name? He's like uh, like Mr. Big or something he calls himself. There's like It's like oh, a weird thing I in the comics, remember. if you guys don't know, where like sometimes when he, he turns into the Hulk, but he's like gray and he becomes like, he's like actually intelligent, but he's basically like a criminal. He like becomes like a hitman for the mob and he just spends all his time in Vegas, like gambling and like, oh yeah, the gray Hulk. Hooking yeah, up with Hulk. like strippers and like just being like <laughs> a degenerate. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's fine because it's, it's, it's hilarious. He's a big gray uh, hooligan. Yeah. It's fine. It's not terrifying at all. Um, yeah, like one other thing too with like the whole She-Hulk CGI. Like this is the first time that they've really leaned this hard on a character that is this heavily CGI'd to look human too, right? Like mm-hmm. this, like Vision was fully CGI'd. He did a lot of screen time in, in Endgame and well, not in Endgame in Infinity War and in wandavision but he's not human right like he's human adjacent whereas you know she hulk is more she's like originally human so you have that you're it's a closer connection and she's the star of the show so i think that it's going to be something that we'll probably get into the more we watch the show like it'll be like an adjustment period for most people i don't know just 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 to go back to this joe fix it that was his name that reminds me of Joe Dirt, so yeah. That sounds that's on that's on brand. Like he wears like suits and a fedora, and he's just like, oh he's I'm actually pretty pumped that he wears a fedora. (laughs) So Dana, like I I wanted to ask you about like what you thought about the trailer thematically, because like you're interested in the character and like so how did you feel about the tone of the character, the CGI aside? Um okay. okay, I think a lot of it's really bubbly, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Um, the mm. only other thing that's on my mind about it is that it's supposed to be um, a little similar to Deadpool in the ways that she breaks the fourth wall and things like that. And I don't think we saw much mm. of that in the trailer, if I'm mistaken. And that's another thing that can go really, really bad or work really, really well. So I'm hoping yeah. she can pull that off. Like I said, just in Orphan Black, you see her play like 104 characters. Not exaggerating, I swear. Well, <laughs> and I would, and I she can hope... do everything from bubblegum, like stay-at-home mom, to crazy murdering Russian woman like so i'm excited to see how it goes i i want to see what she can do with it because i really like her yeah like i i think i would hope like because again like i haven't seen too much of it but i've seen like you know just like clips here and there of uh you know on tiktok and like like if the tone that they're leaning into is a lot more fun and playful because like like we said like the whole thing about She-Hulk as a character is that she like genuinely like has fun being She-Hulk and just being this like strong mm-hmm. badass who still has her brain intact. Like uh, I I think if if there's gonna be fourth wall breaking, they need to do it in that kind of like, you know, the office style like docu where she's kind of like sitting down and just like talking like to the camera yeah. rather than because I don't want to see her doing like, you know, like Deadpool style, like, and now I'm about to do this and like 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 yeah. doing it like it's like like we're all in on the joke. Yeah, no one I'm should be Deadpool, but Deadpool. Exactly. Apparently, she knows she is a character in the Marvel universe. Mm. Gone that far with that, huh? But that's I think that's her character though. So I I don't know if they're gonna do it in the show. I have no idea. Um, and like I said, oh, so like in the comics. Said, 
yeah she okay. she is aware that she is a character and um so I, i'm curious to, to see how it goes like i said it could be real good or real bad yeah, uh, the, but it's one that i'm actually excited is... to watch so i mean you've seen me how be behind i am on moon night so i've been mm -hmm. discouraged <laughs> lately i, used to, I, used to I don't even think i finished hawkeye Ooh, wandavision's oh, really? good though I know I've, I've been meaning to watch <laughs> it because I want to go see Multiverse of Madness. You need to see yeah. one. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I know. Oh, like, you just need to know what happens in it. No, you need to watch WandaVision first. I, I, don't I, just I, read I, a summary. That's PSA. what I mean. I've, I've heard summaries. I've kind of know what's going on. Like, and I was just like following it while it was like, while like Ron was running. But like, I do want to sit down and actually watch it because so far the only show I've, I've watched was Loki because that was the only one that was like genuinely the one that interested me the most. Yeah. Loki yeah, was like, good too. Loki was. I like that they're all so different, though. Yeah, like, no. so so different. Loki, Loki was completely like, different than any other mm -hmm. MCU show, and I'm pretty sure Moon Knight is too. Moon Knight yeah, just looks nuts. Like, yeah, Moon Knight's yeah, yeah, like it's kind of like a pure action thriller kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it was a. It's an interesting tone because they they go into like like Egyptian mythology and stuff like that. So yeah, that's a unique spin that they haven't done. It's cool so that, that it can cross over like that. And even when you go into like movies and things like that, I don't think Eternals is exactly like any other. Like they yeah. started off mm -hmm. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. They kind of all followed the same whatever, um, like the same tone, the same style. But when we started getting into the shows and things like that, even um, S.H.I.E.L.D., I think that was the first Marvel show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, well, yeah. That, was, that was what got me into this. And I always, well, I I always mean... said like the shows are good I, I i'd say debatably the first show because we had all the netflix stuff i think before they were kind of like no, shield was on tv before netflix was, oh, was shield on yeah i watched it, shield yeah. before i ever had netflix it was close though, was sure, like daredevil was like right after oh because hmm. agents of shield had some tie-ins to like uh age of ultron and yeah, I but, think they mentioned but, something about uh, Daredevil, like, like, like a news ticker or something like that. There was well, a well, 2013 then. was the Does first it, episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was I'm nine sure, years ago. Daredevil, part of, the, part of the, pl the first season's plot was that, like, Fisk was, like, buying up, like, prop... Like, Daredevil came out in 2015, yeah. and S.H.I.E.L.D. After, came out yeah, in 2013. Same thing with Jessica Jones, yeah, right? They were kind of using that as, like, a catalyst for, like, why people, like, hated her and shit. And they, like, they yeah, like openly they've... referenced the Battle no for New York. Me. They're and two they... years apart. Yes, <laughs> I'm voguing while the ones pay attention. Yeah, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had the whole time with with, with Winter Soldier um, mm -hmm. in the first season. Like, there's just the bomb drop. And, and that was the Winter introduction, yeah. introduction to it and how this all started. And it was, it was really cool. And I would get excited about it because I was really into shield so i would go see the movie see that's how they get you multiverse <laughs> action is it's well back. executed multiverse it is they they do it well give them that so and then give they brought the that. the avengers thing into like hawkeye and into spider-man and mm -hmm. it all tied together really nicely i think so. i really don't think i finished hawkeye i don't even oh man i need go a life it. or less of I a life would... oh i need both of these things just laying on the couch, staring at the ceiling, praying for sleep. Oh, Jordan got tall. That was rude. I'm gonna get tall. Too. Sorry, I'm just stretching. I'm just jealous. I want to be big. <laughs> I am we. Oh, All right. Hey. Well, moving along. Speaking of not sleeping, um, rumors were swirling this week about uh, Silent Hill potentially getting a comeback. Now, this is something that keeps popping up every now and then, but uh, the rumors are starting to materialize and 
look a little more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan, did you want to walk us through that one? Well, I mean, <clears throat> the big rumors came more. from the fact that a lot of um, some art leaked online uh, from a known Silent Hill leaker that showed off. What a title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he has a name. I don't remember the second. No one <laughs> Silent Hill leaker. Um, but that kind of got people talking, and it also led to people talking about the fact that it seems like Konami has numerous Silent Hill games in the works. One of them is a remake of Silent Hill 2 and a new mainline Silent Hill game and something on the sidelines. So there's a lot of talk about what this means, how it's going to look, what teams are doing what, and uh, what this all could mean for the Silent Hill series, and it might be back. But uh, one thing that's not really inspiring confidence is the people behind it. Yeah, uh, so- the blooper team are known for making not good games. Um, mediocre. That. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's, let's all let's all take a look at uh, at uh, Lane's review of uh, the medium, shall we? Oh yeah, Lane was. <laughs> that, you know how many times they wanted us to cover that game. <laughs> that fun time. Like, oh, that was know. at the beginning of me at CGM, and I think I was offered that game on every system at least twice. Just that was after Lane's scathing review. Well, not scathing. Yeah, they were like, hey, do you want to review this? Oh, and I'm was, like, I feel yeah. like we did that already. <laughs> we did. I mean, scathing. Two things can be true at once, Chris. It was scathing, and it was fair. <laughs> like, it wasn't unduly scathing. Like, it wasn't yeah. mean. There are some games the blooper team, from the blooper team that people have liked. Like, they're... Some people liked this, uh, the Blair Witch game. Layers of Fear has its fans. Uh, the Medium has its fans. I'm looking to see if I even know any of these games. <laughs> but the, I don't know, also, Brad, It's it a terrible like, name like, for a studio. Every bad game has its fans. That's, That's true. true. I mean, Almost the, every. We, you know what I mean? We Babylon's review, Fall doesn't. I, I, we have I a game really, called I Double really Blue. Admire your, um, I admire your commitment to like... like no, no. Objective we, fairness. <laughs> like, <laughs> Layers of Fair, the first game when it came out, we have a, like a nine. So we have to, as an outlet, stand by the. Okay, but. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. I'm not going to get into we it. Are a group. A mixed I'm not going to get into okay, it, but like, there I just, are reasons why I disagree with that after speaking I, with the I, reviewer. I the first game. Oh, that's I think fair. First oh, it. I think um, Blair Witch has a lot of tonal issues. Mm hmm. Okay, I just I think, really yeah, need like, you guys good. to all focus that they have a game called Double Bloob. And I don't know what it means, but Probably I'm pretty excited about games, it. Games. Double Bloob. Okay, uh, continue. Be mad. That feels like an urban said. dictionary thing. I don't know. It looks that great, being damn. said, I think um, as, as studios go, remaking a game in a modern engine is something they could do. That's fair, I, I think, yeah. Because it's there, I, right? They are, they are technically proficient as a studio to make a thing. How but, many Silent Hill games are there? That's, there are, I, are like, four mainline, and then a lot of ones that are weird. Is Remakes Kit Harrington and, in any of them? He's, no. He's in the movie. There are 17 games yeah. in the Silent Hill franchise. Yes, four yeah, and a lot of them are not good because good. Konami was going through a phase yeah. where they just kept handing Silent Hill to like different studios who yeah. weren't really like as capable as the one that they had in-house do one, two, and three. Um, I and mean, four. Four was, I'm going to throw it out there. For, I like four a lot. Game. And no, four was great. Team Silent. It just was a different Team Silent. The room? Yeah. That's the one I played. I did it. Yeah, no, four, four <laughs> is, is, is kind of I'm like, included. 
I feel like more people are coming around on four like in recent years than like when it I came out and everyone four. was like, what the hell is this? I played played four back in university and I loved that game. Oh yeah, I, I played it too, like when it came out and I, I thought it was great. Um I think one and two are the best in the series. Oh, okay, I need you to clear something up for me then, okay. okay. Brendan, you said there's four main games. Four yeah. team silent made silent hill games, yeah. Four what? Team silent made silent hill games. And then there's a bunch that. of like offshoot games. There's like there was like okay, down four on the Wii and or Shattered Memories. Yeah, I'm looking Wii at the and list. And and I'm, Shattered Memories is great. I heard the I heard that was chaos a good one today. Too. <laughs> you guys are chaos today. Okay, I'm trying to sort <laughs> something out. We agree. <laughs> I know. I don't like it. I just want to say something. Okay, so I'm just trying to understand. Like I said, I'm looking at a list of 17 games. I get there's like five mobile games. There's an arcade game here. Okay, fine. Hmm. But and a machine. Don't forget that. I don't Sexy know gambling violence. Are you guys oh, no, all high today? One. Like, ask, ask, this, this is no, this is reality. I'm not making this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got this list here. It says second gen, third gen, fourth gen console games. Okay, so we've yeah. got uh Silent Hill uh first gen. Uh then there's play novel Silent Hill. Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3, Silent Hill 4. That was 2001, 2003, 2004. Yeah, we'll and then we go into uh, do we want to do it by console or by date? I don't know. Uh, okay, so then we've got after Silent Hill for the room, which is the one I played. Silent Hill Shattered Memories. We don't okay. count that. No. <laughs> like no, that's no, what I'm trying to that figure one's out. Okay, yeah. No, that that actually that one actually had interesting ideas. Like there was a like they 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 tried to lean into the psychological aspect of it by like making you do like psychological exams before oh. each and like, also like, each like memory and it would how you like if you were in the game and you looked at like looked at the cop's chest like she's sexier in that later scenes with it would like it would affect yeah like different things so in the like game. if you like spent oh, i'd be in so much trouble i'm <laughs> photos the next section of yeah. the game look different so it, it did change but you like, did that too like doors would be open to things like that it did change things yeah i don't even two. remember silent hill 4 i remember being scared like all the time that's that's what i remember it was, good. This it was the first one that played I'm, around like, with traumatized. Their, like first person perspective to like create that sense of claustrophobia and like tension okay in the room. so what i was trying to understand is like you guys the way you guys were talking it's like well there's only like four real ones so as soon as i said a new one you're like oh yeah that one too so we've got silent hill origins <laughs> silent hill homecoming no silent hill downpour no silent hill hd collection that's garbage silent hill well, I mean, that's, of that was good but it was garbage at first <laughs> Because they because they H they H D fied it and they like first, effed up the graphics. First three games, yeah. The first know. three games they they yep. slapped it in H D. So like they took out all the fog effect that like not only created a really good sense of tension for being in Silent Hill, but like hid a lot of the like the untextured bugs. buildings and stuff mm -hmm. that they like you know didn't render to save like processing power on the PlayStation. So it was uh, it, when it and it was like riddled with problems when it first came out. Yeah, it was hot garbage. Nobody was happy. So there's lots of games, but why do we not include like the bunch that I just said? Is it because there's four good well, ones and a bunch well, of bad ones? It's, it's Story because, reasons, I believe. Well, it's yeah. because uh, Konami basically took the Silent Hill franchise and basically used that as a test bed for using cheap, you weird European studios. Yeah, and double and, that's, and backbone. It's it's kind of why, like especially the PSP ones. It's like 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 a I hate Origins. It's just didn't need to exist. 
it's it's because it, well this is like this is the problem with it it's like as as a as a like semi okay like horror game on the psp or the or the vita i can't remember which one it came out for um like PSP. it kind of works but like it's like thematically it, it doesn't really fit it doesn't tell a good story it doesn't understand like what silent hill was trying to do it's like the yeah. problem that even like um that uh homecoming had right like it slaps the sexy nurses in there like without understanding why that was in Silent Hill 2 and like what it represented in relation to the character and the story it was telling. Like, so it's like they just started leaning on the iconography of Silent Hill rather than like creating new stuff to like actually like play into the whole like psychological ang like aspect of like Silent Hill as a psychological horror game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, I, I, only, I only played the first one on PlayStation 1, and that was a very atmospheric. Like, I'm not a big mm -hmm. horror game person, but, like, okay. that was so craft, like, well-crafted in the way, like, you know, you're walking through the mist, and your radio is the only indication you have of yeah. something being near you, like, and, like, the atmosphere, like, the hospital, like, all these really dark, grimy, scary environments, and, like, the stakes that, that were at play with, your, like, you know, your mission in that town, like, I watching the rest of the series from the sidelines was starting to think like, why is this, what is this, the connection to this? This is like if Resident Evil games became the Resident Evil movies, right? Like it's just, they spun off entirely from what I could tell. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see what blooper team can do with yeah, potentially would, like making a remake. Like I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but. I don't know if they're making the remake or are they making the new mainline entry? Are they making the side story? We really don't know what they're doing. And I don't yeah, know. And... I think they could do a remake of Silent Hill 2 using the basically redoing the assets. Like, I think they could definitely do that. And that'd probably so, be fine. So, like, so long as, 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 they, as they do the right textures on like another yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, remake. Well, they basically just remake that game in a new engine using the same story, maybe using the same voice actors. Who knows? Um, I don't know how i feel about them doing a full line a full silent hill game that's their own story because a lot of the games they've done the story has been kind of the weakest part it feels like it's trying too hard or it doesn't really go it doesn't ever nail that landing and silent hill really is about that full holistic horror experience that you you understand how the universe works how the characters work and why that all makes sense like and I'm the, worried. The, like the, uh, the Mason family, was it? If I remember correctly. Well, like not that even that. Yeah. Silent Hill 4 didn't have that, but I still think that's a mm. solid Silent Hill game. They yeah. understood it isn't just about cool monsters and Pyramid Head. It, yeah. it, it is more about what that universe is. This town basically is a living hell that whoever gets kind of trapped in it will, will yeah. basically live out their nightmares. And that's interesting. That's exciting that you can do things with it. Even the comics did some really interesting things with those storylines. I feel if you just want to make, just say it needs the sexy nurses in Pyramid Head, you're failing at what that universe is. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what for for did a really underrated thing with like even just yeah. with, like with the ghosts that like cannot <laughs> be killed because like like again they didn't go out of their way, really go out of their way to create these like like very like overly like um, like overly designed like monsters that just like tap into that like primordial fear that you have but at the same time it's like they created something that that constantly keeps the pressure on you i mean not to mention that they did create for that game one of the scariest monsters which is like that big thing that runs around on the giant hands and yeah. the first time you find it it's like in a, it's like pitch black room it just comes out of the darkness like like i yeah. shit when that happens <laughs> 
Like, I mean, Silent Hill 3 did some really interesting things too, where you had like the penis worm. Remember the penis worm? <laughs> oh, I don't like anything. Chris's eyes twitching, and I'm like, I don't even have one of those, but I don't feel good. It would have made a lot of sense, right? When you're, you know, yeah. based on like the character it's, and what she was going uh, through, like yeah, like she's going through puberty, going through kind of like mm -hmm. sexual awakening, but also learning that she's like there the was, like, daughter. You know what I didn't think what happened today. I didn't think I'd hear Brendan say a sexual awakening yeah. today, but here we are. Happy Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Friday, sort of like, this is podcast. To sort of like tie things back, I guess, around like, like at least in my experience with, you know, the like Bloober team games, like yeah. I've always, like, I do just genuinely feel like, I don't know, you know, if they, if they like, if they genuinely like making horror games, that's their passion, that's their art, then like mm -hmm. kudos. Like, you know, I respect the hell out of that. But, so far, like, you know, with Layers of Fear, like, that game really just was a succession of, like, walk up to a thing, like, thing, like, walk up to a painting, painting turns scary, and then turn around for a jump scare. And that was, like, like, that was just, like, it was just paint by numbers. Like, mm, Blair yeah. Witch, Blair Witch had interesting ideas, but again, like, they, 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 what, for the, the material that they were adapting... Mm -hmm. It felt too much like a very generic horror game. Like it felt too much kind of like slender, too much like, you know, that kind of like you're in the woods with monsters games that are just like a dime a dozen on, on Steam, right? Hmm. But like, you know, but again, like they had some interesting ideas, like, you know, you, you keep getting messages from your like estranged wife. And if you don't respond to them, like it starts like changing how like things start playing out. Like, you know, the way you treat your dog, like kind of changes how the game sort of like starts like uh evolving it's like that's okay but then yeah like when those stupid monsters show up it the, all the fear is sucked out of the game like um so yeah like it just it just feels yeah. to me like and you know and i didn't play medium but based on lane's review I mean, medium not worth it was the most ambitious project and it did some really interesting yeah. things it's a cool <clears> concept <throat> yeah what because of it was the way it was designed you had basically two games running at once yeah and that game chugged. <laughs> the <laughs> scariest had, thing is the frame rate. <laughs> well, we had like areas where you were walking. If you were walking, you saw your current regular version of yourself and the weird mirror version of yourself in the same scene. And you were literally playing two games at once. And you could see that frame rate just drop, drop. off. Of <laughs> so that's like, not the best thing. So, so tactical proficiency was an issue early on, at least, yeah. Yeah, like, like I guess, I guess that, that's kind of that's kind of my like like part of my worry is that like like Blooper Team as developers, like yeah, like they have good ideas, so you could see where they they might actually like find a way to bring some interesting stuff to a franchise like, like Silent Hill. But as far as it stands, for me at least, when it comes to making horror games, the thing that they don't do is make it scary, and it's like. Yeah. That's for Silent Hill, which is like debatably I, one of the scariest games. I'm going to throw it out there, like uh, Shadow Memories, which I do think is a legitimately good Silent Hill game. Mm -hmm. It's not the same style of Silent Hill game as the first game no. that it's kind of branching off from, but it did a great job with what it was doing. That wasn't mm -hmm. a scary game; that was a tense game. You can yeah, those, do that. those chase scenes were like. Like it was um, just ice coming towards you, and you could, if you got hit by it, you froze. 
and you die. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was those. There were those like moments where you literally like were being like like chased down by like a monster, and you just had to like it was like basically just like running through a maze, and like you had to just constantly keep the it it really kept the pressure up uh, on you, and like those were like again like yeah they weren't like scary, but they were tense. Um, which is like an oh yeah, which you know it's it, it, it's a balancing act with like um with like stuff like that, right? Like you know uh, for all for for everything it uh, you know all the criticism it gets like. Five Nights at Freddy's, I think, managed to be like scary-ish because it has good atmosphere. It keeps, you know, it keeps you tense at all times. And then, like, when you get the jump scare, like, it kind of feels like it earned it, right? Because it kept you on your toes the whole time. Um, and that's just, I don't know. That's yeah. So, like, maybe, but I don't know. As far as I've seen, Bloober Team does kind of drop the ball at the making the horror game scary part. But I and do that's think where it's like. And, and, I think they would be great at a remake of Silent Hill 2. I think they do that. Sure, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they know what the Unreal Engine really well. They know how to like make games very quickly, apparently, because they've built lots of games in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. I, I I think I definitely think I, you're right about that. Like if if they're if they if they're given the task of remaking one of the Silent Hills and just like and they, there's already sort of like an established basis there of what to work from and they, if you know they can bring some of their own unique ideas to it without changing too much or maybe even just like yeah like integrating uh like so, like or like um like streamlining some of the ideas that Silent Hill had right like 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 I said about uh, Blair Witch right like they were they, those are ideas that were in Silent Hill too already right like looking at a certain object enough times to get the bad ending like but you didn't know that you could just like if you just need to inspect an item to see if like for a puzzle you didn't know whether or not it was like fucking up your game right mm. yeah and that lent itself to the whole like psychological aspect of it so i think like blooper team could theoretically like integrate some of those those interesting ideas and make them a little bit more like seamless to the experience <laughs> i just yeah i just i don't know i worry about them potentially doing a full-fledged silent hill and you know Tripping at the five yard line on the on but the, now the question scary. Comes, what studios would you trust with one of the Silent Hill games? Because there are Blue Box. You know, it's Blue Box. <laughs> yeah, that, that game too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Finally, I know what we're talking expected. about again. Yay. <laughs> Kojima Productions is actually working. Yeah, on a, I would say I would give it to, give it back to Kojima. He knew what he was doing with that. <laughs> so that being said, you guys. For the most part, play horror games. Yes, I know Brendan definitely does. I, I don't really. He's getting trying to get you to play Phasmophobia with no. me, but you won't do it. Just play it <laughs> with me. It. it just won't be good for anybody. Just play Please, it. Don't be so mean fun. when I cry. I won't. And buy me a new TV cry. when I break it. Did I not okay, tell you how I completely like babied out with my with my one? I was playing with my one buddy, and it, like his like sanity meter was super low. And like he couldn't go into the like horror thing because like you know make meter. yeah you have a sandy meter it's like it's if it fine. starts getting low it's like fine. the ghost can get you a lot easier so his was really low he's like Jordan go in the house and like and, and set this like camera up so we can find the ghost and I walked like five steps towards the door and I just like turned around I was like come with me <laughs> I was too scared to go on my own like I was such a baby yeah I can't okay anyway what I was gonna ask is like what what are the top horror games then and who makes them what are what there's um, small indie ones there's bigger style ones i mean i played them back when it was like fatal frame and i loved that game uh and that yeah. was around the same time i played well, silent hill 4 that one still has a has a big community yeah. behind it like a big yeah, community yeah. so that would be a strong contender that's well i think like that. I, uh 
Who makes Pego frames? Google. Pego. Is that right? Is it Pego Koei? Well, I'm gonna Google it, and I just yeah, no, it is. Yeah, Koei Tecmo. Yeah. Boom! Look at me go. Nice, good call. What did you know and stuff about your job? Good job. Did you ever play? Did you ever play the one on the the 3DS? That one was actually really neat. It was really cool. It just sucked that you had to play it in in broad daylight because the 3DS camera was absolute garbage. (laughs) (laughs) But it did a lot of cool stuff with augmented reality that was really awesome. Um, Yeah, I I, like to to Dana's point. um, It's it's a tough call because yeah, like horror is such a is such a niche genre now. Like you know, when 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 you think about like who really makes the best horror games, um, it's 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 a tough call because even a lot of the like like the legacy guys like like you know um resident evil comes to mind but then you know you look at resident evil uh village and it's not that scary like it's more like action focused and and then what counts as a horror game when you get into that like brendan you just did martha is dead that's a really weird messed up game then you've got the resident evil games which i have played which again uh, that's a horror game it's a mixed bag yeah yeah, oh, latest think, survival yeah. horror. Yeah, because I, yeah. I would say I would say seven leans more into the horror side than eight uh, than know. eight does. Eight 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 has the one moment, but a lot of it's a lot. It's gunning down werewolves. Um, um, <laughs> fatal frame would be dead yeah. Fatal frame. I feel like I, I need to try that again as an adult. Yeah, would say is a, is a pretty, is a pretty But what about um, Red Dead Redemption when they did the it was it I mean, Undead Nightmare? That, that, that's pure goofy. That's that's that that was a no. I threw a controller. That is when we stopped horror games for Dana because Dana threw a controller. I was no longer allowed. Amnesia. That's the one. Amnesia is another horror game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amnesia. Amnesia is a good one. Yeah, Amnesia was kind of the it. one that brought the horror genre back yeah. almost yeah. in the indie yeah. space. Um, yeah. Like, like never horror can be it. like you know, here's werewolves and vampires. Ooh, spooky horror. But horror can be like it's Resident mm-hmm. Evil. You have no ammo. You're being chased by a giant thing. Go. Yeah. Like, because I, I, I would. I would. That's argue... just pure panic for me. I'm not scared. Right? I'm just having a panic attack. I am not but fast that's... enough. <laughs> to, to kind I. Of, kind of, Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll just jump in and say really quickly that uh, like I played Resident Evil Two and Three on the PlayStation One again, and I went to back to play the PS Two or sorry the Resident Evil Two remake uh, at the start of the pandemic, and that was scary for different reasons because it was getting a little mm-hmm. too close to home in certain things. Like yeah, you know, it was literally a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Spreads horror has like, changed. So that's a different kind of horror. I was like, I don't want to play this right now because it's too close. So yeah, yeah well, you, I, different things um, sometimes. Like I would, I would say I think like what defines like a horror experience um, in a game like is is definitely one that makes you feel helpless. Like Resident Evil one and two th- and three, like the That's early a good Resident Evil. Um, well, though, like those ones were good, yeah, because like Chris said, you had you had limited ammo. Um, even something that like saving the game was like something that was restricted to an item. If you ran out of ink rolls, like you straight up couldn't save your game and you were screwed. Um, the tank controls too were like very deliberately implemented to make the, the game feel like it was fighting against you and like, and increased the tension. Um, Silent Hill was another one, right? Like you were, you know, were, you were running around this world that's filled with monsters, and you're equipped with like a like a, a lead pipe that could like yeah. it, like was worthless, right? Even guns in that game were kind of useless. So like games that that are able to achieve that and and give you that sense of dread and panic because you're basically put in a world or in a situation where everything else is set up to 
to defeat you, right? Like it's one of the things that I that I that I typically go back to when I look at um, PT, right? Even as a demo, because even though there's not a lot really going on through that demo, um, at least in terms of like things that are present in the room with you, you always feel lisa's presence and it like the game yeah. is it's very like smart to establish this idea that she is firmly in control of the situation like you and she's always sort of just around the corner like looking at you and like making sure you know she's there um and that like it, it creates a, a real sense of dread right so when she actually does show up in the room mm -hmm. it's like you shit <laughs> like, <laughs> and so like and that and, and that's what i mean like um and you know just just again to tie it back like you know playing a lot of the bloober team games like the like blair witch and stuff i never you never really feel like like the, the like like you're at odds with the world right like you know i look at games like um like dead space and i remember i talked about this with uh, brendan quinn a lot a while back where he was kind of saying um how like how scary it was and i was like but it's not because you can stomp ammo out of the enemy's dead bodies. There's a, there's a shop and a save point around every corner. That's where I keep my like, ammo. Yeah, like, yeah. Side yeah. I, it's like you're 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 by by like midpoint of the game, you're an overpowered badass with a you know with a saw gun and a machine gun. Like, how can you possibly feel scared of any of the you know Lovecraftian horrors showing up? You just blow them away. And he's like, oh no, it, it, it's really scary if you play it on hard mode where they don't give you all the ammo and stuff. It's like, well. I shouldn't have to play it on hard mode for it to be scary. It should just be scary on its own. Like, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, same thing with like Resident Evil 8, right? Like you're constantly like given ammo and guns and ways to like combat every threat that comes up against you. So there are horror elements and, you know, except for the one area where you're being chased by a giant mutant baby monster and it's absolutely horrifying because you don't have crazy. guns anymore <laughs> and you have to just hide from this thing that will literally gobble you up. Um, oh, oh da yeah, Danny, you want you want you want spookums? <laughs> you should look up that scene on on YouTube. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> what gets me now in horror, and Brendan can attest to this, will be like scrolling mm -hmm. through YouTube and like a weird face or something mm -hmm. will come up, and that messes with me now. I'm I'm not so yeah. afraid of like the jump scares and the murderers and like the slasher type stuff. That doesn't bother me. But for some reason, if I see something no. that's really mangled or messed up, or I don't know if you guys saw that Momo thing that went around on the internet for a oh, long yeah, time. Oh yeah, Momo was stupid. <laughs> it, but it is stupid, and I know it's stupid but when i go no, to bed but, at night and i close my eyes i see it and i'm no, like I, why why is this happening it's stupid <laughs> but it's haunting me and that's what happens to me with horror now i mean jumping i do throw things that is 100 but that doesn't stick with me I, this I, other I, stuff I agree does with you because yeah there are those kinds of things too that like that, that kind of tap into that like you know primordial thing that's inside of you because it's like <laughs> one of the things that like genuinely again like going back to pt like one of the things that f like always freaked me out the most about lisa the way she's designed is like a she's very tall um and kind of like spindly but like her cry. head is just like twitching around at like a million miles an hour and that's just like is so unsettling <laughs> like that it, it just there's like you just because she's i guess what i mean it, for by all and by all like you know intents and purposes she's not a very scary designed like monster but she is scary <laughs> i like it yeah it's creepy um actually one last thing i kind of wanted to touch on before we move on is it's just weird to hearing konami actually doing things like know, there's rumors right? of a metal gear solid 
something remaster collection new game it's all kind of nebulous at this point uh silent hill might be coming back so it's like yeah it's just weird to see them actually doing something with their with their properties again like for a while there, i was thinking maybe there is some truth to them potentially being bought up by sony like that seemed like the best thing for them for a while personally <laughs> yeah um, if sony like i'm not keen all the acquisitions that are going on if, if sony could like buy them and bring kojima back in maybe get the original silent hill creators back to do like a brand new game say it three more times please now i'm thinking of tapioca yamaoka yamaoka yes he i feel is doing his rock career his best rock life right now he doesn't <laughs> yeah he's living his best <laughs> life Oh man. Well, for a while there, like the closest thing we had to a new Silent Hill was the crossover they did with World of Tanks. Again, back to crossovers, but they, yeah, they did a crossover. Fortnite Silent Tanks. Hill? <laughs> that, well, they did Dead by Daylight too, which was more yeah. thematically yeah. more accurate. That made sense. That made sense. <laughs> that but, made um, a little bit like, more sense than World of Tanks. Let's be clear here. Silent Hill was in World of Tanks <laughs> with monstrous tanks, and also the composer from the games came back to do something for it. He did, so, uh, like, he did a song, I believe. Yeah, which is mind-boggling that was the closest thing we had to a new sun hill for That's, so long yeah curing yamioka did that there you go all right um i'm saying that wrong every single time and i feel just horrible it's yamaoka 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 we need like a disclaimer on every show that just says we are going to f up all the names just beware <laughs> yeah it, it really is it's it's pronounced kind of the way it's spelt y-a-m-a-o-k-a yamaoka Okay. All right. Okay. I'm glad we could start I also did the soundtrack together. for Shadows of the Dam, and that soundtrack that rocks. Good. That was a great it's game. A <laughs> Silly as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for our last segment, actually, uh, Dana wanted to talk about some indie games and uh, that have <gasps> stolen I? your heart recently. Did did. I? That's literally what it says. Indie games may have stolen my heart. It's not even specific ones. I don't know if you guys remember when I started the podcast, uh, you guys played a lot more indie anything than I did. I was very much a triple A AAA kind of gal and didn't want to waste my time with anything smaller than that. Or I don't know how else to describe it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I never did. But um, in the last couple of years, oh, kicked my desk. In the last couple of years, I haven't had as much time to sink into games as I used to um, with a game like Skyrim. I've put thousands of hours in it across a gajillion systems. World of Warcraft. I, again, used to play religiously four nights a week. Like they took all my time and then I just kind of stopped gaming for a long time. I, I didn't have time to do it. And uh, I'd find every time I jump back into a game that I was playing, it's, it didn't, I didn't know what was going on anymore. I had to start over and it, it felt like such a waste of my time. And in the last maybe two, three months outside of Stardew Valley, I, I've started playing more Wii games is what I would call them. Not like Wii. Like, not, not Wii but like or not W-I-I. Little. <laughs> um, and a lot of them have really kind of sucked me in and they give me like these warm fuzzy feelings and i keep playing them and going back to them um obviously stardew valley is is the big one that a lot of people get into and again i that sucked me in hard but uh even just this week i've done a few different indie reviews um i did cat cafe manager and i did uh, i'm gonna probably say it wrong but apico 
Apico? Apico is what I'm calling Contracts it in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... when I saw the name, I initially thought it was Apico. Yeah, see, and like I went Apico. Like oh, Apiaries, it works. All right. I'll trust you. Anyway, trust that um, <laughs> my uh, my review for that just came out today, and it's a really cute game. Um, it's a beekeeping simulator. Uh, they trick you and they they make you learn things. I had to deal with biology. I felt misled, um, but it it was a lot of fun. It was a a good game to play, and it was one that when I saw it, I was like, "This is adorable," and I want to try it. And I. Lo and behold, I enjoyed it. And I had that same experience with um, Alchemic Cutie a few mm. months back. It was another like very Stardew Valley-esque game that I jumped into and spent a lot of time with. And I'm finding that those games are easier to dive back into than something so massive. You've got this little controlled world. You know, not everything is changing every time you log in. Like with, with uh, World of Warcraft, every time I come in, everything mm. you have to do in the game is completely different. <laughs> and I basically got to relearn how to play. So I can dive back into Stardew Valley. I can dive back into Alchemy Cutie whenever I want and not have to waste an hour just setting back up. Um, so I'm, I'm digging that. I'm digging it quite a bit. Uh, Cat Cafe Manager, though, could theoretically just be like a mobile game, but I'm still down for it. Very a la Diner Dash, yeah. but with more of a story. <laughs> And some really well, weird there, cats. <laughs> there is a there was like a really popular mobile game way back like like years ago. I think it was called like like Neko Cafe or something that was actually was a mobile game. Um and now she's What just happened? I didn't touch what anything. What did you do? Hey. That was fun. I literally didn't touch anything. You all just got kicked, including me. There's a weird echo now. That's good. Oh uh, yeah, watch the replay. Yeah, that was weird. Use Mike. This is fun. Yeah, that was weird. That was like keep you on, keep you on your toes. Yeah. Are we still? We're still live. We're yeah. live. We're good. Yeah. yeah okay. Oops. Cool. Um, <laughs> That'll yeah, be fun so to anyway. edit later, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Neku Atsume. It was. It was called Kitty Collector. Yeah. It was like a mobile game where you just like I think you, like you opened up like a like a like a little like like shop to just like collect cats. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like, uh, uh, there's some like like so maybe it's like the indie or sorry the like the sim aspect of that was probably like what helps make, make them so easy to get back into. But like overall, it's a really good point about AAA versus indie. Like you don't have they're not as evolving, they're not as daunting to get back into. Like I I don't play too many indie games myself, but um, when I have taken a break from them, I can jump back into them pretty easily the same way, even if they're not sims like those ones. So when I think indie game, I always think of like the style of game of like Stardew Valley. I know that isn't all inclusive. No, I, I think that's very fair. That's where my mind goes. But I know there's quite a few that aren't. Um, I, I'm well aware just in my head. That's where I go. And Chris, you did all of those Final Fantasy games that were very. What's oh, the word? pixel remaster. Yeah, pixel, remakes. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember who made those or anything, or if they would classify as indie. But every time no, I see that no. style, that's what those goes. Made by Square. Yeah, they're, they're, they're Square Enix. But I get what you mean, like like that pixelated. Yeah, whenever style. I see that, yeah. that's and that is when you say indie game, that's what I think of. And I realize like there's a billion that are not. I'm well aware. Well, I think it's. I think it's that's really just your fair association. To, yeah. Yeah, it is because I mean it's 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 sort of like part and parcel for the industry because a lot of times when you know 
ind independent developers who don't have a lot of resources or a lot of like experience jumping into something like making uh like a big 3d game um there's a lot more to programs a lot more to like you know uh account for like you know and and a lot of game devs will tell you like typically like the sort of the bigger that you make something it's like the easier it is to break um mm -hmm. so i think it's it's not unfair to say that a lot of independent developers they typically start you know with with like pixel art and and sort of like those kind of games because not only are they a little bit cheaper and easier to, to to work with but they also um kind of like tap into that um like those design philosophies of the games that inspired a lot of indie devs mm -hmm. um like yeah like it's, it's it's probably like half necessity and half inspiration and like deliberate aesthetic right like it's absolutely you know because yeah. uh like i look at you know i look at um like yacht club and uh, you know their you know like their call to fame was shovel knight which was you know kind of an amalgam of like mega man and mario 3 and um ducktales and but they also did very much manage manage to make it their own like you can see where a lot of that inspiration is there but it's mm -hmm. like it's very much their game right um and even recently now too they're they're making a new game called uh, mina the hollower Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like it's very if you just look at it it's very clearly inspired by um like link's awakening mm -hmm. to the point where oh, right. to the point where like not only just like sort of like even from like the the way that a lot of the characters are kind of like like look and the way the game feels they 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 sort of put it on their on their kickstarter page that they like went to great lengths to make sure that like when they were doing their like pixel art that they only did like 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 conforming to the game uh, the game boy colors like color palette restrictions to put four colors on like every like eight by eight pixel grid right so it's like they're really leaning into like you know that that art style and that like you know the of the of the game and the system that inspired it so like it you know you look at it and you're like wow like yeah this this looks enough like link's awakening that i want to play it but it also looks so much like its own thing that it's mm -hmm. like genuinely inspired right um, Does this count as a crossover, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Counts as a promotion because I missed the Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> do what you can. Do what you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like, and I think like this, it, 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 it sort of goes back to like what we were talking about um, a couple podcasts ago, where like, you know, it, a big part of the reason why I feel myself also sort of like getting out of the mainstream sphere is because like you really don't feel like the heart behind a lot of these games anymore like it just sort of feels very like you know like construction by committee and like what's gonna you know have the most mass appeal like even even thinking yeah, uh the, you know like uh like in terms of like horror games right like some of the more like prominent horror games that i can think of like um like uh what was that one that bethesda made um wrong girl. stupid game that had an open world for some reason um yeah like it's like you, you can you can see where it's like you know it's trying to be a it's trying to be horror but it's like the evil within the evil That's within thank you it's like it's, yeah. it's also trying so that was like that was um someone that knew the series like new horror 
Yeah, but it doesn't really like. It, I don't know. It just when you, even like even what I played of it, like it just it feels like it's it's kind of like Resident Evil Six. Like it's trying so hard to appeal to a broad audience that it never goes to the places that like a, like a horror game should. Um, mm -hmm. And it just sort of feels that way with a lot of games. Like you know you know with some notable exceptions, like we said. Um, but like you know when I when I when I think about a lot of the indie games that I played recently, like you know um, like Garden Story or yeah like demon turf um mm -hmm. even even recently having played um like having gone back to play salt and sanctuary and now playing salt and sacrifice like there's so much more like i don't know like intention in design and you can definitely see where these like these guys put their heart on the page and sort of like and you know and 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 created something that they wanted to make like it, it just i don't know I, I feel like i don't get that that feeling anymore from a lot of these triple a games and like that's I'm, I'm kind of with you on that exact same boat dana like i just yeah i find myself now playing more indie games than ever before and not to say that like you know because i you know the the indie sphere is you know are these they say the indie sphere you know is full of uh, i don't know bad actors you know steam yeah. kind of just steam by design really like let a lot of charlatans sort of dominate the space and kind of give a give a bad name to like indie but you know there 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 really is that kind of like tongue-in-cheek thing right or you know you, if you you know you put a you put a, a, a an indie an indie game or an indie dev makes a like a souls like with you know like metroid elements or like you know pixel art everyone just rolls their eyes like oh yeah here we go another one like <laughs> An indie roguelike with crafting elements. Oh, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. It's like, but it's like, it's tipped. A lot of it is like, you know, not it's it. There's a bit of trend chasing, sure, but there's also a lot more like people making games because they are were inspired by games. Like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, and yeah. Stardew again, like like Stardew is probably the best version of like Harvest Moon than either Story of Seasons, like or you know, Natsume have put out in years because like they were genuinely inspired by these games and they wanted to make something that like was as good as the stuff that inspired them, right? Mm -hmm. And now like, yeah. you know, oh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, I was just gonna say like, what to kind of branch off of that, like what strikes me about the indie scene these days is it's the most, um, most like ambitious in terms of like narrative and expression like mm -hmm. the thing like I'm, I'm i'm thinking of the things that i played recently like uh lost worlds beyond the page by sketchbook games yeah um, Hol hollow knights and um hollow knights disco elysium which i just which i just finished yeah. three of the best narratives i played like original narratives that i played in games in years mm -hmm. um like lost worlds especially like i like it, in my review i said you know it's not like the game itself isn't going to with like change anything but like the way they they wrote it and the way they got genuine human emotion into a game mm -hmm. was unlike oh, any yeah. I'd ever I'd ever seen before um and like, like the way hollow knight it, like unravels its story it's that kind of Elden ring-esque um yeah vague and like drip like drip by drip but like it just hit so much better than Elden ring did for me personally um okay. and disco elysium disco elysium is just one of the best one of the best written games i've played period full stop like the yeah. way it responded to your, your actions and the branching paths you could take and yeah so just that's what stands out for me is just that narrative experimentation um and also like in watching the indie world showcase on nintendo last week 
they're really pushing like representation in ways that you know, AAA games can't and won't do right yeah. now. Like the like Activision much. Activision, did yeah. Did and you all, did you all see that? Their, their diversity uh, their, calculator. Their little, yeah, their stupid diversity chart where you can allocate points to how diverse a character can be. Like that that indie world uh, showcase last week. Most games looked very similar, and like the they don't, like there's a lot of them using that graphic style. Like I don't know, I don't have a word for it. It's off my head, but just that shiny kind of pastel look. Everything's kind of blurry <laughs> slightly. But what really stood out was that each what one game of them are we talking about? I need to know what you're talking about right now. Oh, all of the ones in the indie world, basically. Like half of the games oh, use this indie. style. Um, okay, it's this, gotcha. gotcha. It's this approach that a lot of games are using in in the same way that a lot of uh, indie games are just using roguelike elements. Right. <laughs> But yeah, what stood out though was the like each game seemed to have a very heartfelt and very unique perspective, and a lot of them were different, you know, representations. And you, you could even see it in the producers that were speaking about their games during the showcase too. So I think that's one really important aspect for the for the industry these days too. I dig it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think it, exactly because it kind of it does go back to that idea, right? Where like you know, especially in the AAA sphere, where you know a lot of these um, a lot of these 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 big companies, like, and and no disrespect to the developers who are making these games, who they probably do have genuine vision and want to put their like heart into mm -hmm. the the product they're making, but just like can't because they have you know people above them who have to answer to people above them and shareholders, and you know they can't you can't really make like these like deep meditative uh, like experiences about like trauma and uh like and and mental health and stuff like that because you're not going to appeal to a mass enough audience with mm -hmm. stuff like that right you could maybe slip in little tiny like nuggets but you can't actually make a game where like this is the theme of the game right like um what was that one uh acer i think it was called where like the the, the whole game really just was this like this you know this um sort of like exploration of like depression and anxiety and how it affects a person mm. like manifested as like a literal monster right like mm -hmm. um that's 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 going to appeal to a a very niche audience of course but at the same time it's like people you know can at least you know the indie scene is is exactly where people can actually take chances and you get um Know, you get genuine visionaries from there right like i think like back in the day it was a little bit more like that's kind of why there were a lot more like you know names uh in the industry um where like you know because it as much as it was a shit show like there was still a lot more room for for experimentation just because you know it was still sort of like new and if like a, a cool looking game came out chances were you, you were gonna buy it right like you could do a lot like a lot of cool stuff on PC as well. Um, like, but it's not, it really isn't like today where it's just like, it is such, such a business now. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I know, um, I think uh, it was it Yahtzee did a, did a really good um, like extra punctuation about like Undertale. Right. And one of the, one of the parts of his, like sort of his thesis towards the end was like, if, if Toby, uh, if Toby Fox, like, were was like constricted by a publisher by like a big like name that would like had to answer to shareholders and stuff like you probably wouldn't have gotten half of the weird stuff that's just in undertale just because it was like hey here's an idea let's you know let's put it in there it could be fun like 
you know, mm-hmm. and it just makes the it just adds to the game's like really like weird eclectic vibe. Like it just makes the game mm-hmm. better, right? But if he was like being sort of like you know constricted by a board of directors who said you know and 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 focus testing that said oh that that part there the you know where you're 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 in a hotel room and you're just crawling through sheets for no reason while a drum beat just gets progressively more aggressive like that's a weird thing that that brings a lot of life to the game but like you can see where like a a board of directors would be like mm, you can probably i don't think mm. that's going to test well cut it out like yeah right yeah like the the closest i've seen AAA studios get to that is probably like life is strange yeah um, that's yeah. probably like the closest i've seen triple a's really take a chance on that really personal sort of yeah in, i know like, hayes really struggle. liked that he really really liked yeah those games mm-hmm. well hopefully we can see a little bit more of that kind of bleed back into the triple a um especially as those studios gain some experience and get some successes behind them and move further into the mainstream but uh, i think that's going to do it for us for this week though mm-hmm. um so yeah if you'd like to hear more about more uh, if you'd like to read more about these topics and more you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com be sure to follow cg magazine on all the socials just search cg mag you'll find us and if you have any questions or comments send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com uh jordan where can people find you uh, you can find me sometimes drawing stuff on Instagram, uh, and you can find me sometimes making stuff on TikTok at Ninja X Jordan, and you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. Dana, hey, that's me. Uh, I am on most of the things at the Dana Eileen. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan, uh, B for twenty six on basically everything. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Hoogvy and here on Twitch at Guild Two Taps. Uh, so for everyone here at CG Mag, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.